Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. I cannot believe it is sort of Christmas Eve. It doesn't necessarily feel feel like Christmas. Um, don't know if you guys feel the same, but I've had a lot of people in the moment where it feels like the busyness of Christmas, but it feels like we skipped the good bits and we just got all the busy bit. So it's a little bit weird, I've got to say. And you know, family's not around. Some family is, some family isn't. It's hard for people. So let's get started. I'm not sure who's on in terms of whether you're new, whether you're just the old main crew. So welcome. We always do a welcome. I introduce myself because some of you are, I know we've got a few new members this week. So you may not know who I am. And I am V Vincy. I'm a registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services, where I really try to help people pinpoint their confusion and chaos so they can achieve clarity for themselves. And so you get some calm and some and the confidence that most people tell me that they want. Uh, I am an absolutely passionate advocate for delivering good quality mental health. And, you know, my, part of my mission is to inspire people to live fully and authentically and to tempt you to trace, trace your dreams just a little. This community is all about learning and connecting in a way that is far less formal than traditional counselling. It's certainly less formal than my um, office, but it's underpinned by the principles that I work with in my practice every day. So, nearly Christmas Eve, what the hell we have focused on not the not-so-joys of Christmas this year that can affect far more people than we think. So in particular, we did an episode on Christmas grief. And Christmas grief doesn't necessarily have to be about death, but simply the loss of not being able to be with family members or having conflict with family members or even being, even being a part of a split family, and especially if it's still new and raw. And that's across the board for, for any of those areas. If it's a new or recent death, not that it makes it any better if it's an old one, but the rawness and the newness of a recent, it's really tough. Same with the conflict in the family. If you've just had a conflict, the rawness of that makes it harder to deal with. The same with the split family. And, you know, there was a stat recently it's funny because in my office i always say that october is one of the busiest busiest months that i ever see and i used to work in law and what happened is that december used to be one of the busiest months that they would see for a variety of reasons if you were already separated then you would have the whole access separation um the access problems going on but a lot of people, now I know, a lot of people come in on October and they go, what the hell have I done with my life? What am I going to do? And they try to make these decisions and often they make them in December and they go, you know what? 
I'm leaving. I'm leaving my husband. I'm leaving my family, whatever it is. And so this rawness of Christmases without families is really, really prevalent. So we followed that up with how this grief can present on Christmas Day. Now I'm putting this in terms of Christmas because that's where we are right now. But if you went back over to those uh, three or these three episodes that are coming, the third one tonight, if you come back and look at them and take out the Christmas, they're still valid because they happen all across the year. And the biggest thing that we looked at last year, uh, last week was expectations, disappointment and resentment which honestly are the main culprits of not only family conflict, but can set ourselves up for unrealistic views of Christmas and things in general. So, you know, bear in mind that these, in fact, I think these last two are really, really pertinent across the year. So what's left? Well, nothing really. Christmas is coming and if you haven't resolved your conflicts or don't have a plan, then it's probably not going to change in the next 24 to 48 hours. Jesus, that was miserable, wasn't it? Anyway, doesn't necessarily have to be. Go back to my series on change. It happens and it's our ability to adapt to it that determines how we go through it. Are you going to be hit like a Mack truck or is it just going to be a bumpy ride down the rapids, which we all know after the event turns out to be better than we thought anyway. So tonight we aren't looking at Christmas anymore. You'll see enough of that in two days time. No, no, this is the time we start to see the decorations go on sale and the gym membership spike. We all know what I'm talking about. Tonight we are focusing on one day and one day only. The one day of the year where everybody appears to believe that everything changes. New Year's Eve and the resolutions that appear to follow it. Love them or hate them, we are about to be bombarded with them. So, New Year is and always has been wrought with cliché. It's often stated that the night itself is overrated. You never really have as much fun as you set out to However, resolutions and the new year, new me attitude can be even more of a farce sometimes. So think about it. From December 31 to January 1, is anyone a changed person? Now, here's a bit of a trick question because the answer can be yes, but in honesty, not unless something drastic has happened in between. Right, this is what we call in my world an awakening moment. It's, it's when something so significant occurs in someone's life where they report a major change in their perspective on life and in their values. It, it, it's almost immediate. It often is where we find, we find awakening moments around death, around accidents, around illness. We, that's where we would find something like that. So... Is it impossible? No, not at all. Is it impossible in 24 hours? Nope, not even then. Is it likely on New Year's Eve? Maybe for about 1% of the population, but for the other 99, not very. So this attitude is magnified in the new year, the perfect time to glorify self-help and projected changes. However, these resolutions are no different than the radical promises you make to yourself throughout the year. It's so easy to think about a fabulous career, 
but much harder to make one. Now, personally, well, I've fallen victim to, victim to this phenomenon as well. I don't do it so much anymore, but I have done. But I, because I've certainly signed a gym membership that ticked over for a year and I never got used, I'm telling you now. But at New Year, it seems to be easier to make empty promises. But generally, the empty promises are to yourself. So if you go back to last week's episode, guess what you set yourself up for? Our top three shit show episodes, expectations, disappointment and resentment. Except this time, the resentment's not aimed at crazy old Auntie Beryl around the Christmas table. The arrow is pointing straight at you. Now, I googled New Year's resolutions for some research and, you know, shits and giggles, and guess how many results turned up? Over 168 million. That was the number that told me there was. New Year's resolutions don't work. The reason that New Year's resolutions don't work is that we have unconscious resolutions not to change. For every conscious resolution to lose weight or stop drinking or save money or call your mum more often, control your temper or finish the project, there are unconscious commitments to keep things exactly the way they are. Now, you may be thinking I've lost the plot talking about conscious and unconscious, but uh, hello, this is exactly what we have been talking about for most of this nine months. Thoughts, feelings, actions is the seriously quick statement that I have used consistently, which underpins some cognitive behavior therapy, how our behaviors or actions are shaped by our thinking. So the real story behind the well-documented failure of New Year's resolutions, we don't develop self-destructive behaviours because we're weak or because they've just become a habit or because everyone around us was doing them or because of our neurobiology or hereditary or because somebody taught us. The meaning of these behaviours is unconscious and we develop them because they serve unconscious beliefs and needs. Now, these beliefs and needs are important, albeit unconscious and often hindering. They are building blocks of our identities. They provide a sense of unconscious safety and changing them is consciously experienced um, as danger. So think back to some of my earlier episodes where we're talking about how beliefs are formed. Children form beliefs. Children form beliefs as a result of where they think they are afraid of something. And it can be bit of a faulty wire. Sometimes it leaves us with faulty wiring and that's what beliefs can be. The difference between conscious and unconscious thinking is what my Bust Your Blind Spots boot camp is about. So that's what I'm going to be releasing next year. But looking underneath our conscious thoughts and behaviours to see what drives them and helps you notice that um, what isn't there or that and this helps you understand your behaviour so you can change it. Not the resolution or the New Year's Day or the New Year's Eve. It's understanding what makes you, what drives you to make the decision or what stops you from implementing the decision afterwards. That's what we look at. They're the conscious or the unconscious thoughts that affect it. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what that looks like. And they're pretty poignant because these tend to be the resolutions that get thrown into the mix. So disclaimer, no real people are used in this example. And if I use your name, it is a coincidence. Please don't sue me. So 
Sheila was a binge eater who gained and lost kilos. She went on and failed at dozens of diets. She made untold uh, resolutions on New Year's Day that were abandoned a month later. Now, growing up, Sheila felt lonely and disconnected. Eating gave her momentary relief from feelings that were really painful to tolerate for very long. So giving up binging meant facing those painful feelings. And she believed that the consequences of, of that would be emotionally catastrophic. The entire sequence of lonely binging relief, as well as her belief that she couldn't tolerate um, being mindful of her eating was outside her conscious awareness most of the time. An awareness that instead relentlessly drove her to one unsuccessful diet after another, which in turn led her to consistently believe she was a failure. There is not a therapist alive who has not seen that pattern. All right, so example number two. Bob was a procrastinator who couldn't seem to complete any of the tasks necessary for him to be considered for anything bigger than his low paying role. All right, he wanted more. He made repeated vows to get more organized, more focused, but couldn't seem to do it. He tried uh, treating his problem with stimulants, hypnosis, behavioral conditioning to no avail. He thought of himself as a lazy fuck up and saw no reason why he should just use, he, he couldn't just use his willpower to resolve to change. There was a reason, however, but it was unconscious. At one level, quite outside his awareness, Bob was afraid that if he gave up a role, however painful that he knew, he'd be successful and independent. And in a way, that was not only unfamiliar, but also quite frightening. Now, the examples above can be en endless, all right? Because the variations of the unconscious mind and the conscious are endless themselves. And yet most often we don't accept that our unconscious mind can play a part in such a, and it plays such a profound part in spoiling our goals and so resolutions are essentially goals we just make at the beginning of the year whether we implement or not we don't look at them as goals we just say they're resolutions same time all right but our it's our unconscious stuff that can play a part in that if you make goals during the year and you achieve them and you make some at new year you're likely to achieve them but if you don't make any goals for the year and you save them all up for New Year and you don't achieve them, well, then there's more at play. It's not just about you not being able to follow through. There's more at play in there. There's resistance in there. It's about looking further and looking underneath and going, what is it that's stopping me? Because I can guarantee you it's not failure that's stopping you because you hadn't tried yet. All right? So for some of you, this may be information you are hearing for the first time because I don't know if I've got any of the newbies on tonight. And, and this may be something you find difficult or simply question the validity of. But this concept has been a part of psych for many, many years, beginning with the father of psych, Sig Freud. Love him or hate him, some of his work still underpins psychology today. And once, um, you know, some of these concepts, his concepts in subconscious, they, they're driving behaviour. That's what we're starting to look at. 
He went out of fashion with some of his more controversial opinions, let's be honest, but we have begun to look at the subconscious more and more and how it affects our decisions and behaviours. It's something that I very much work to in therapy and those of you who have worked with me privately will know that I will look at the past, not to re-traumatise, but to understand the what and the how, not just the why. Because without this understanding, we continue to ask why. And the reality is, is that unless we go back in time and ask every single individual involved in that event at that moment, there's really no answer to why. Sometimes you'll never get an answer. Even if we could go back in time, you might get an answer that you weren't expecting because everyone might have seen it differently. When we don't do this, when we don't have some understanding, well, at best, we meditate, and at worst, we medicate. Right? That's the problem that we've got in our mental. We're not looking at what and how. So back to New Year's resolutions. I don't hate New Year's resolutions. I just think that they are pure bullshit because no one should wait for the last week of the year to lose weight or quit smoking or contact your family. If you think these are things that you would want to rectify about yourself, do it when the thought enters your mind. We think that our lives are so busy and time consuming that we never make the time to entertain the thought about making ourselves worthy in our own eyes. So let's talk about the human body for a second and its amazing properties. I truly believe that our bodies tell us exactly what they need. Every time we get hurt, our bodies are capable of healing just about any wound with a little bit of antiseptic and not considering fatal injuries, of course, and care. It's pretty good. We can do it. If you don't screw it up, your body will last you a lifetime. So let me ask you this. Why does it make sense that you decide to do things differently once a year? Why not correct it and fix it as you go? Why not self-regulate and make corrections as you go like our body does. Making or not making New Year's resolutions does not mean your life is perfect or not. Decisions, which are just what resolutions are, just crammed into one day are, are about knowing what your goals are and the necessary steps you need to take to ensure that you reach them. So like everybody, I need help sometimes when I need to change my pace or I need to make changes or so I take baby steps to know what to do, or if I don't know what to do, I find people that can help me figure it out. So the one thing you need for resolutions is self-awareness and a little bit of patience. You've got to look at it. So any, you can write all your, self, your uh, resolutions down. In fact, I want you to write them down. Write them down and then go through each one and go, what do I need to know? What's going to stop me here? What's going to stop me from doing this? It could be individual. You might go, you know what's going to stop me? I don't want to do it. You'd be surprised how many people come in and go, I, I need to do this. And I go, why? Go, because I think I should. Okay, but who, who thinks you should? Should you? Do you think you should? Or do you think somebody, somebody else think you should? Or such and such told me that I should. And I go, well, do you want to? No. Well, then you won't change. So don't bother. Think about that. Look at it as a resolution. Have a look at what you actually want. So a lot of people go through some tough times in their lives with a job, relationships, goals, not meeting their dreams, standards, but life is never fair, nor does it favour you if you're down. 
So you have to be aware of the things that are causing you harm and understand that making New Year's resolutions is not going to help you. They are just mental notes that make you feel bad and unhappy at your current state when you should be enjoying making it through another 365 days onto the next year. So the next time you're at a New Year's Eve party and a friend or family member comes up and inquires about your New Year's resolutions, tell them you don't need resolutions and go sip that delicious cocktail you just ordered because you're at a party for God's sake. Now, in saying that, I want you to do one thing. This one is self-explanatory, but it's also incredibly elusive. On a sticky note, I want you to write this down and put it somewhere, on a mirror, in your car, hell, on the fridge, I don't care. You need to write down, find a way to figure out what truly makes you happy and go the fuck after it. That's the New New Year's resolution I want you to have a look at this year. So there's no defined outcome on that. It is about curiosity. It's about opening up to go, what is it? that I actually want. What do I want to achieve this year? It's not about how can I achieve that actually without having an outcome to it because that's that's all inner work. That's what it is. It's all about having inner work in there. And, you know, what I would have, all I was going to do tonight is just look at that with the resolution. You know why they don't work sometimes. They might work for some people, but if resolutions work for you, then you're going to find that, most of your goals and decisions will work because you follow through with them. It's not about whether they work. It's about looking at why they don't. All right. So rather than feel bad if you haven't achieved them, pull those back out and go, hang on, let's look at why I didn't achieve them. Because when you can look underneath at the resistance and figure out what stops you, you're never going to have the resistance again because you'll understand it. So from me, my team and my family, I want to wish you guys all a very happy, crazy Christmas. And, you know, a really big thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me the privilege to spend some time with you this year in a much, much less formal way. I really like it. I had a client yesterday who told me she had to drive to Mandra and actually chose to listen to my dulcet tones on the way there and back. How cool is that? Any topics that you guys want covered? I need to know. I need to know what you want to hear. I need to know what you want me to talk about. Um, I will see you in 2021. God, let's hope it's a little bit less crazy than this year. But thanks, guys.